any other course that I can remember um, besides being an artist. Cool. Did Did you ever? Um, I mean, I, I did you ever study formally? Did you did you like the classics? Do you like the masters? I mean, I do. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of impressionism. Um, Monet and Renoir are um, huge um, inspirations for me. Um, of course, I did go to the University of Arkansas at a Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences and studied there uh, before my professional career started, and um, so and that's all we studied was the classics. So yeah, I've got a, a nice background in that, and um, a huge appreciation for that. I've, every time I go to a major city, I always try to make it to the museums to just to walk through the paintings. So. Well, your favorite's my favorite. I love the Impressionists, too. And Monet's my favorite. And Renoir is my second. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. What a coincidence. I know. Actually, I just read this article that they had five early Monets that they were putting up for auction for the first time. Really? Well, yep. from what I hear, investing in art has, be has become the next base big thing. I mean, everyone wants to invest in art as far as, how, you know, where to put your money at. That seems to be the uh, the go-to these days. It's sort of like the rich man's game, though, isn't it? I mean, they were talking five, six million dollars each of the five pictures. Yeah, that's true. But uh, for paintings like that, yeah, I'm, I'm almost comfortable knowing that they're going to be in the hands of someone that's got so much money that they could put it in some kind of, um, you know, environmentally controlled area where it will be safe, you know, for the, uh, for the ages. That's true. But I'd rather go to a museum where everybody can see it. I agree. Yeah, I would, I would much rather be able to actually see it in person. And also, pictures never do the these works justice. Um, seeing them for yourself is... Um, is almost a must if you really want to appreciate the the work that went into these pieces because you can actually get close enough to see the brushstrokes you know the of these legends that uh, actually painted these things so it's you're really looking at history which you just can't see that kind of detail from a picture I know I know I remember what the first time I ever saw a Monet I kept getting closer and the guard came over and said oh, honey look back a little <laughs> bit you're breathing on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, but there's no rope there. And he goes, well. All right, I'll stop breathing. You know, I can hold my breath for 30 seconds or so. Just let me get close. I need to see this. I was about eight or nine, and um, my, my my mom goes, she's just fascinated. My mom was an artist, so she's just fascinated. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I've always been that. Um, I can't draw a straight line. I'm not an artist. But I I have an utter appreciation of art, um, and I, I mean like you, I cannot go anywhere without looking at um, going into an art gallery or going into a museum. Um, I just I love art. I always have since I was a very. I and that's probably partially my parents' fault. They we used to go to La Brea Tar Pits and there was the. Um, the, one of the museums of art is right there and so my parents used to take us there all the time after the tar pits we would go into the different museums that were there 
And my favorite was always the, I know there's a big paleontology museum where it has all the dinosaurs and stuff, and it's really cool, but my favorite was the art museum. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, so some of the works, even some of the artists that are lesser known, um, have done some amazing works, and some giant pieces that seem to cover an entire wall on canvas um, that uh, you just can't believe the scope of these works and how many years it would have taken to even paint this to the detail that they have. They've done it. And uh, so it's just really um, do yourself a favor and, and go to a museum and check out some of these works if you get a chance. Yeah, I just, oh. Um, I think one of my favorite things about living in San Diego is um, we have great museums here. Um, and they have free days for residents. <laughs> <laughs> so I go all the time. Well, before the pandemic. Um, now I, I haven't been since the pandemic, but as soon as soon, pretty soon I'll be going back again because I love that. I love being able to go. I, Old Town is like you can go for free, uh, which is sort of like going to Disneyland to me, and um, <laughs> and going to Balboa Park. Uh, uh, they like I said, they have their free day, so you just go from museum to museum. That the, the ones that are free for that day, they, they have different museums that are free uh, um, during that month. So you you only have like one or two, um, but then you go back when the next museum is open. <laughs> I'm such a I I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, I think that's just good scheduling in in my book. I just, I love that. I just love seeing different things. Uh, I, 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 I'm an explorer with my eyes. I mean, I like, I love astronomy, so I love going to um, different, um, and I like going to different observatories. I don't, I like going to LA, San Diego, all the different observatories, because Poway, they're all different, and they have their, their, the focus is different, and they're, I mean, it's sort of like art because you're looking at the stars, which are beautiful, um, and then you, you find out all the stuff that goes on that we find out now about astronomy, which is incredible because yeah. it's the platform thing. So it's like art that's history. <laughs> right. No, well said. Anyway, that's the way my mind works. Um I mean, who hasn't laid back on a beautiful night and looked up at the stars and, and made your own, even though centuries ago the Greeks made up their star maps, you, you, I, I used to lay back and make my own star maps. <laughs> no, yeah, I think we've all done that. Absolutely. I mean, it's very similar to making shapes in the clouds but uh, at I, night. So. I like doing that, too. I still do that. I, um, I'm driving somewhere, and there'll be this really, oh, that looks like a bunny. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not young, but I still do that. <laughs> I, well, That's just a creative mind, Sherry. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm a writer, so I, I, I do have a creative mind, but I'm not an artist. I do envy people who can do that. I It's a it's just so incredible that you can look at something and then recreate it in your own way. It's, it's just, 
it's it's like magic to me. Well, I'm not convinced personally. I'm not convinced that you know everybody can do that. I think it's just a matter of a little bit of training yourself to be able to you know look at something in a creative light. Um, you know, I think that everybody is born with a almost an equal amount of creativity. It's just a matter of where your interest goes as you mature. Yeah, uh, it may go to you know something that's a more that's more analytical. But as far as the creative tools to start with, I think we all have those. It's just my interest went to trying to create these fantastical images, and others people wanted to do other things. So my time was spent developing that skill, where others they develop skills elsewhere. Did you ever go someplace where like? To France and or England, where the people of the Impressionist period, and and look at the spots where they did it, and and create your own thing from that, or is that something that's my goofy mind? <laughs> uh, no, no, I've never really um, done anything like that. But uh, I would always, I've always wanted to go to Venice or to possibly Rome. Uh, some more of those cities that just seem to be brimming with create creativity um so maybe someday yeah i know i'd like to go to florence it seems yeah, like all the great uh, artists were in florence you know leonardo da vinci michelangelo <laughs> but not that you could see in just the architecture i mean if, yeah if you went to those spots um you could certainly see you know, go to the museums and see that kind of thing. But just in the city, the city itself um, was just really, especially Rome or even Greece, just to see everything had a, a flair to it uh, when it comes to the architecture and the people. So, um, you know, those are the ones that's always sort of attracted me. I love to go to Greece. I'm, that's on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Greece. I uh, uh, Athens and the whole and all the different islands and you know that would be so cool. But it doesn't look like it right now. <laughs> well, maybe maybe soon. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um. So, how did you from that childhood thing that I'm going to be an artist when I grow up? How did you and you studied? Where did you make the leap to actually doing the art professionally? Um, well, that's that's interesting. I um, grew up in a very small town, very rural town of um, Charlotte, Arkansas, which my graduating class was 18 kids, so it was a very tiny school uh, with no not a lot of jobs, period, much less jobs in, in the art field. So... Um, you know, I, w I was at, going to the University of Arkansas at the time, and I picked up a part-time job to help pay for school um, doing screen printing. So I was I was seeing design done on shirts, and um, I was doing the actual printing because the <laughs> the owners didn't trust me to do the artwork that was done by the the wife, and she did that, and I, I just printed it. But I started picking up on, well, you know, I would look at the shirt and say, well. If it was me, I would do this differently. So I started doing it myself on my own time, and then gradually they let me started started doing it um, for them a little bit on the side. And then 
a uh, my uh, parents or my father he used to be a USDA beef ins- or food inspector hooked up with a uh, the guy that trained him 20 years in the past on one fateful day and they talked about what their sons were doing and he said well my son is the production manager at champion screen printing and my dad said well my kid is a um, junior in college at the University of Arkansas studying art we should get those guys together and so I drove out there that summer and interviewed with them and they offered me an assistant art director position Um, so I started working there and within a month I had uh, jumped from assistant art director to art director and uh, sort of just ran with that company as their art director for the next three years and just really learned the trade learned how to create graphics, learned the computer a little bit, learned how to use the stack camera, um, film separations, everything to do with screen printing. And uh, that was really where my professional career kind of started. And it, you know, it had nothing to do with the reason I got into it. I was doing nothing with that as far as the fantasy art that inspired me, like the Bernie Wrightson and the Frank Frazetta's and all the, these masters that, um, that I had grown up with, and even the writings of like Robert E. Howard that inspired me to do the drawings to to begin with and the the fashion of Conan and the Hyborian Age, the stuff that I really loved doing, I was doing nothing with that. But I was earning a living as an artist, like I had always promised myself, and I would just see where this took me. And um, from from that career at Champion, um, I was then recruited to go up to Salem Sportswear in, in uh, Hudson, New Hampshire. And this was in 1992, and I was 22 years old. I had been in Memphis a champion for three years, and they offered a position as senior designer. At the time, Salem Sportswear was the leading licensed sports printer in the country, and they were doing all the national championship stuff. They were doing the NBA championship graphics all the stuff that you've seen the players wearing right after the big game, they were making, they were doing that. So I was there for probably two years doing graphics just for the sports license industry and doing caricatures of, you know, the NBA players, NFL players. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And I got a lot of um, accolades for that and I won some awards. And um, then I was recruited after that, Salem Sports, or not Salem Sports, but Starter corporation out of uh, New Haven, Connecticut started uh, calling me, asking me if I wanted a art director's position um, of their hot markets division and uh, and I jumped on that and that was a, you know, it was a big jump in pay uh, I had probably nine artists underneath me and it was you know, a great opportunity so I jumped on that and um, was doing graphics for the Chicago Bulls was doing caricatures and graphics for for Michael Jordan and some really high profile stuff that I would get to see on TV at the end of the game with them Jordan wearing my apparel and uh, that was great Um, so that's really where my I seen my professional career going at that point but in 1998 something you know strange happened and Starter decided to sell and they just closed they just closed down the company, period, um, just, and threw us all out on the streets. Wow. And it was just <laughs> an eye-opener, like, wow, this is corporate This is corporate America. Uh, God bless them. 
never going to let this happen to me again, ever. So I'm going to start my own company, and I'm going to start doing the kind of corporate graphics that I've done for the past, you know, seven or eight years. And I'm going to um, sort of design it to um, take care of a lot of the ad agencies that just ran up all up and down the East Coast. And that went great. So Meridian Design Works was born. And I had done, I had clients like Pepsi and the NFL and Frito-Lay, Gatorade. All these clients um, came to me for illustrations for their advertising. And that was, that was a good career. So in 2001, when the internet reached 56K and was lightning fast, or so we thought at the time, I'm like, well, I don't have to do this from the East Coast. I can go back to my home in Arkansas, where I was born, where my family is, and start and start this company or continue this company with these wonderful clients I've brought from the East Coast with me. And so that's exactly what I did. And um, so I, I bought the farm next to my parents' farm and just built the studio right here in, in my house and um, just continued with that down that vein. But it was just the the work was not what I had always wanted to do. And in 2004, a company had reached out to me and said, we're doing this contest where um, if you draw the best dragon, you know, we'll put it in Walmart and we'll see how it does. And I'm like, well, I love drawing dragons and I can, I can draw the hell out of them. So I did this one dragon illustration for a poster and trends jumped on and said, well, you're the winner. And they put it in, they put it in, uh, in the Walmart poster shell booth. And then, uh, it just took off. It, it sold really, really well. And then they asked for another one and then they asked for another one. And then, uh, by the time it was over, I had 12 or 13 dragons. And then the, that's when the calendar company started showing up and saying, Hey, we want to do calendar with your, your dragon. So it just sort of, um, I decided at that point I'll have Meridian Design Works for my corporate clients and I'll start Tomwood Fantasy Art, which is really where my heart is, and do the fantasy art stuff. And uh, so that's, yeah, that's where that started at. That's fascinating. So all worked out because you're doing the stuff you wanted to do. <laughs> right. It seems like, you know, the old uh, adage as far as if one door closes, another one opens, and uh, having starter which was a company that treated me well up until that one fateful day um closed that door on me and forced me to make some hard decisions about what i wanted to do and at the time i was you know 28 years old and uh you know i could go whichever direction i wanted to so knowing picking the direction where i knew that i could earn a living and um take care of myself but also have the ability since i'm my own boss now to start other avenues of things that I'm interested in. And the one thing that I had always wanted to do is what inspired me to get into art in the first place was the fantasy art. So that's where that started. And uh, it uh, it took off really well. And then I had a, a pretty good agent that helped me push that along for a while. And then um, our views really weren't the same as far as, you know, how to grow that company and I then I signed with uh, Tate Licensing which is one of the biggest licensing companies for fantasy artists that specialize in fantasy art and the world um, took me on 
And um, so I've been with them ever since. And they've been, you know, Joseph Tate has always been great with me and finds me these fantastic opportunities to, to, to always be creative and do stuff that I'm excited about. Even at the age of 50 that I am now, I can still be very excited about a project that I'm working on. I think that's what actually keeps us going. I think uh, if, you, if you're not excited and you're not into what you're working on, that's what starts aging you. Right. I couldn't agree more. Um, so what actually, um, I know you're a judge for writers and illustrators of the future. What, how, how does that happen? Um, how did you get involved with them? Well, that's that's an interesting story. It was, um, you know, I had started Tom with Fantasy Art in 2004 and had been growing that part of the business and finding licenses to um, to try to, lot, you know, sub-license with different companies. And that was going pretty well. But they said, you know, if you want to meet a lot of new clients, you should go to the, you start doing these shows like Dragon Con and Comic Cons and Wizard World. There's, you know great opportunity you can go out there and set up your booth and you'll people are going to come along that are interested in licensing from you and they can buy prints and it's just a great time you should you should get out there and do that so um in 2009 i decided i'd come out with uh, a book called hellfire plague of dragons and that was my first published book it was done by running press and they said you should go out and market this and you in dragon con in atlanta would be the perfect opportunity for you to take your take your new book and promote it so i went out there i bought a booth at dragon con and this is my first show and amazingly the booth right next to me attached to me was galaxy press and of course i had no idea what the hell i was doing um <laughs> my booth wasn't set up very well and uh you know i was just kind of awestruck about everything that was going on at these shows and there would be celebrities that come by and they would talk to you and you had people wanting to buy prints and um and things that i hadn't even thought about making at the time and um i also had a line of scu dragon sculptures that i had just come out with so anyway john was there and uh john um googling was the um the head of galaxy the head of galaxy press and he had his team and these people just took pity on me and they're like you know let me set up your table you know i'm gonna come over here i'm gonna just move some stuff around where people can see it and you need to like you know do it this way so people can get out of the flow and they don't get swept off and all these things that you know i wasn't doing and i just became really good friends with these these folks and they seemed to um and then after that year i, I would go back every year and they would always track me down no matter where dragon con put me at they would always come by me and visit with me and uh so we i've become fast friends with uh several of the the team that always w did the shows so and they were always tom you should come you should check out this these writers of the future awards i think you would be great for it i'm like yeah yeah well you know i'm, I'm busy and i really don't have a lot of time and but send me some information about it and uh of course we went back and forth like that for probably I don't know, five years, five, six years. <laughs> and, um, they, uh, they finally just, they had come back last year from Dragon Con. And I, I didn't make it to Dragon Con last year just because I'd had, I had uh, other engagements that wouldn't let me get to it. And uh, they called me from um, their area where they, 
sort of seclude themselves after COVID to make sure that nobody, uh, or isolate themselves where they make sure that, uh, they're COVID free. And while they're sitting there bored, they're like, let's call Tom and talk to him about this again. And so Emily and Sarah called me up and it's like, Hey, we really want you to come out and do this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 maybe we'll see. And then, um, that's the last I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll hear from him again next year about this. And then Joni from Galaxy Press said, we're serious. Here's paperwork. Sign this. We're going to fly you out. Let's make this happen. Very, you know, she's all business. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and see what this is all about. So anyway, <laughs> last uh, October, I flew out there to Los Angeles for the show and uh, met some amazing people. And it was so good to see the, the Galaxy Press team again. And I uh, had a had a great time. Um, the the finalists that they had brought in that they asked us to talk to were some of the nicest, most determined kids that I'd seen in a long time. And it was just refreshing to see people that were pursuing their dreams to that degree. And I was just sort of just taken back with all the opportunities that Galaxy Press put in front of them as far as being able to work on artwork or stories that was going to be published. It was going to be put out there and promoted and give them the tools to grow their career in a way that I never had as far as somebody to help tell me what the hell I'm doing. It was, it was trial and error for the past, you know, 30 years. And, uh, these kids have it at their, you know, right there at the start. And it's just a, an amazing uh, program that they started. So I'm uh, proud to be part of it. How did you, did you enjoy the workshops and stuff like that? And what did you, did you, did, have you ever done that before? Well, not, not on that scale. I mean, I've, um, being a sort of a, a known artist in a community as small as this, everybody, everyone seems to know who you are in the area. So I was, I've been asked to come to dozens of, you know, art classes on a regular basis and, and talk to their students. And, um, so I've done, I've done things like that before, but not to people that were so far advanced, you know, in, in the course. So that was refreshing. That's cool. And, um, so when was this judging that you did the first time? Was that this year? Past September, actually. Oh, you did the new one. No, it was in September. You did the last one that they just did. Okay, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, that was my first one. And actually, they just asked me there to be a presenter and to talk to the students. I had no idea that they were going to um, ask me to be an official judge at the time until I was, you know, probably halfway through the show. They I started hearing rumors of it, and they said, you know, we're thinking about doing this. You know, be prepared if it happens. And I'm like, you know, the, you've had people and artists that have been coming here for years that's never been asked to be a judge. And now I presented one time, and you guys and I, and you guys are asking me to be a judge. I'm, you know, it's kind of uh, overwhelming. So I was, um, I was taken back a little bit. Maybe because you're so successful, that's why they really wanted you. Well. That, I think, and I, also I had a long-standing rapport with uh, the Galaxy Press people, and um, I, I'm a big fan of theirs. And I think they, and they knew that I would probably do well with the students just based on how well they knew my personality. 
but I think that could be it. What really sort of uh, surprised me was most of the artists like um, Echo and Dan DeSantis, they they do book covers for the writers. I mean, that's that's their career is doing book covers. And mine has been calendars, posters, and album covers for rock bands and stuff like that. So it's not – it's definitely a different – part of the industry you know i can see why they would invited have invited those and the past artists because book covers is what they do you know they are they're publishers to do to invite someone who's more posters and calendars and um, t-shirts and that kind of stuff and album covers to do to be a part of their judging team was was a little surprising hmm. that's interesting I guess maybe they're like stretching out because there's so many, you know, these uh, kids are going to want to maybe want to do posters and album covers and stuff as well as book covers. I think that's exactly what their mindset was. Because especially being an artist, you need a varied living. (laughs) (laughs) No, 100%. No, you could be... Any, you know, you couldn't be more right, Sherry, just because, um, and, as I, and I told this to the students when I was um, lecturing them that, that first day, that um, any day doing art is, a, is better than a day at a real job, and um, no matter what the project is. So I've taken jobs where I'm doing illustrations for um, suppositories or something like that, but, you know, that paid well, it pays the bills. It's not what I want to do, but it's even as, you know, far removed from where my heart is doing that artwork. It's better than going to get a real job. You know, I guess I still get to make the best looking suppository that I can. And I'm proud of it when it's done and the client's happy with it. And, you know, it's a job done. But that's on the corporate side of it. And, uh, you know, I've taken jobs in the fantasy realm where I've been commissioned to do album covers that really weren't my taste. And um, But when it's all said and done, I've, you know, done the best album cover for that group that I could, and uh, I'm proud of it. And that's another thing. I'm glad that the cover, the full cover is coming back from albums. Um, I missed that. When I grew up, that's one thing I love. I loved going into a record store more to look at the album covers than even to get the right. music. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, no, I- Led Zeppelin had some of the coolest covers uh, I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. I've seen. I've seen them all. And uh, yeah, Led Zeppelin definitely had some great looking covers. They yeah, did. But, you know, and then it got smaller and smaller, CDs and then iPods and blah, blah, blah. And it's like it it disappeared. All that beautiful artwork was gone. Um, right. And and now there, it's like because vinyl's coming back, what I used to call a record, because um, <laughs> I'm old, <laughs> They're bringing back the covers too, which is really. I mean, you see them on um, talk shows, and they're and the host holds up an actual real cover. It's so cool. I know it's pretty neat. So hey, you can do that again. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's funny because you were mentioning about varied work. The 
person who does my illustrations for my book covers, uh, she's been my friend for years. She she used to illustrate when I did fan fiction when I was a teen. So she's always done it. But the way she makes a living is she will recreate, you know those those information that you get when you have to build something? Like a cabinet or a... Oh, like a... Um sort of assembly manuals or instructions. Right. So her job is to perfectly draw each part of the apparatus that is being done for this manual. Wow. That sounds tedious. Yeah. But she actually really enjoys it because it's very focused, and she's a very focused Uh girl. Um, (laughs) uh, but, But she still does her art. You know, she still does her, she still illustrates, she she does my book cover, she does a couple other people's book covers, so she still does her art, but yeah, that's how she makes her living, is doing those. Wow. So, well, you never know where your art's going to go. <laughs> well, one thing that that tells you is, and if people just take the time to stop and look around, there is graphics and art on every aspect of our livelihood or our our lives it's everywhere every sign every billboard instruction manuals uh, menus everything has to be designed and laid out in a professional way and the more you look at it the more you can see well this was done well but this was you know this was done shoddily or poorly and um you begin to you know appreciate that i think yeah that's what um there used to be a really good uh, restaurant in L.A. called Jason's. And I had been there a couple of times. They had the most beautiful menus, just gorgeous. I always wondered what happened to them when they closed down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently their menu was better than the food. No, no, no. They closed down because the owner uh, decided he, he the owner died and the kids didn't want to continue. Ah, uh, yeah, that happens too. Yeah, so it, the food was magnificent. Uh, it, I, the first time I I couldn't afford dinner there because it's really expensive, but you can afford lunch when you go to these fancy restaurants. If you want to go to a fancy, this is a hint. If you want to go to a fancy restaurant, go to lunch um, because the the prices are <laughs> affordable. They're expensive, but they're affordable for normal people. If you go to right. dinner, it's astronomical. You cannot afford it if you're a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good tip. I'll store that one away. But no, no, that was I. I um, because I lived in L.A., um, we used to have this thing on our birthdays, me and one of my friends, that we would go to a fancy restaurant for our birthday. And so we were in our 20s. Um, and we we really were, you know, we were uh, entry-level jobs, so we didn't have a lot of money. So that's what we did. We went to lunch at the Polo Lounge, at Chasen's, at different places like that. <laughs> but the menus are so, the menus, oh, and also the art in restaurants are just amazing. Mm-hmm. That's another place for people who are artists to go. That's true. Yeah, I've seen lots of very nice restaurants that not only display art, but they they sell it right off the walls that they're in the restaurant. So 
it's kind of a makeshift gallery, if you will. Yeah, there's one restaurant in L.A., the Starving Artist Restaurant. I think it's that's the name of it. I don't know if it's still there. I don't know if the pandemic closed it. But they would sell the art off the walls, and these people were not known artists. <laughs> right. It was cool. Just think about that, you know, the, the great food, great art, and uh, you're helping artists that are unknown become at least sell their stuff. <laughs> right. Let them, you know, help them get by. Let them, you know, afford to be able to make the next painting anyway. I know. I know. It's cool. Um, what, do you know what book um, that you were judging on? Was it 36 or 37? Um. It was, it was uh, 36. 36. Yes. And what was your impression of the kids that were in the class? Oh, I, I love the kids in the class. I thought they were great. Um, very focused um, and also very, even though they seemed to be a little intimidated about the, the judge panel at first, um, by the end of the seminar or by the end of the, the course, they were coming up to us and just asking us question after question about how do I get into the business? What's the, what should I do with this piece? I've, I'm working with this client. How do I price myself? And uh, just some great questions, very astute questions that uh, that we were happy to help them with. So um, I was impressed with them. I think that uh, Echo made a, made excellent choices as far as who the finalists were going to be. Cool. I I, I um the yeah, the artwork for thirty six is gorgeous. Yes, it was. Um okay, so we're coming to the end. So okay. uh do you have a website? Are you on social media? What are your handles on the different social media? All that good stuff. Right. Okay, well, um I have a couple websites. Like I said for my corporate clients, um www.meridiandesignworks, M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, Designworks, is a lot of the clients that I do in my corporate um, part of the business. TomWoodFantasyArt.com is my fantasy art stuff, and I, you'll see a lot of the um, the fantasy art pieces like dragons and monsters, demons, um, things like that that were that I've licensed to companies all over the world is on that piece, and also my biggest following or one of my bigger followings, which is I'd done work for, back in 2014, I'd done work for Insane Clown Posse. And um, they they have a huge cult-like following of what they call Juggalos. And the Juggalos are this, it's kind of like uh, the Deadheads for the Grateful Dead. They follow this band everywhere across the country. Anytime they play, they play them. So um, I'd done a, a series of illustrations for them and it, and uh the the fans just went crazy over them and you know before I knew it they were inviting me to the shows and inviting me to their uh, music festivals and um, so I've been working with those guys ever since and there's a huge library of work just for Insane Clown Posse and um, which is uh, is one of my favorite clients to work with so that's uh, that's on Tom with Fantasy Art if you want to check some of that stuff out but it is you know a little more of a sinister, darker look to it, which I think all of my stuff has an aggressive, sinister look to it. But, um, you know, that's what I was 
when I'm into drawing and things like what a lot of my fans are into as well, thankfully. <laughs> and and your social media? Um, just uh, Tom with Fantasy Art on Instagram, and then you can go to Tom with Fantasy Art on on Facebook. And um, I think I've got I think I've got a Twitter. I'm terrible at <laughs> going to Twitter and posting, but I usually. But yeah, I think you can find me Tom with Fantasy Art on on Twitter on Twitter as well. Are you on Pinterest too? I am not on Pinterest. Oh, because that's all pictures, so I thought I'd ask. <laughs> well, you'll see a lot of people share my stuff to Pinterest. I've just never, I've never uh, developed a page on there and, and shared stuff on that on a, on a regular basis. Okay, I I I didn't want to skip anything. Um, and do you have anything that uh, you want to let people know that's coming out or that they, that's available that uh, you'd like them to look at for because it's new or anything? Um, well, I know that um, I have just done a deal with uh, Silver Fox Collectibles, and they are developing my artwork into 18-inch just beautiful statues that are going to be coming out later this year and I'm ex I'm so excited about helping them develop these pieces because there's pe some of these pieces I've done two years ago some of these pieces I've done 10 years ago but they've adopted this collection to make these amazing sculptures with and so I, I'm going back and revisiting pieces that I've done 10 years ago in some cases and then I have to redraw them like even if it's like this dynamic picture of them flying through the air not to redraw the same dragon I drew 10 years ago at a side view and I have to draw it at a top view and I have to draw it at a front view and then send those sketches to their uh, to their sculptors and then work with them on coloring texture um, you know look and feel and that's that's been um, really exciting cool and is that on your website where they could see that no not yet you know there's that's still in development but that will be coming out this year okay um, Tom, we're out of time. I want to say thank you, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. No, I did, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. This has been um, I've um, had a blast. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you, and thank you for chatting with Sherry. <laughs> Thank you.